so, 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 so you, you should want to be, uh, y'all act like y'all heard something different about hell. You only three people clap right there. Y'all, somebody that told y'all it's a block party going on in hell. Amen. So, so you should want to come to a ministry that's going to preach and teach you to empower you. You understand what I'm saying to you? To empower you, not entertain you. You understand what I'm saying to you? And that's the problem. We, we've got too many churches that's caught up far more in Starting over, it's either because uh, I'm relocating something. I, I could start over because I've been promoted. I'm at another level, but because I'm at another level, might be making more money, might have more power with this particular position. But it, but it still entails that I give up some things that I had before. One of the biggest problems in the 21st church, 21st century church, with the 21st century Christian is we want to go higher in heights, but we don't want to leave behind what's necessary to leave behind. Can I just go ahead and tell about 10 of you in the building today that you will never get where you want to be with some of the people that you have in your life. There's going to have to be a disconnect with some people in your life if you are going to do everything that God has for you to do. You understand what I'm saying to you? And so you're going to have to have the power of goodbye. You're going to have to have the power of you can't come. Problem is, and, and, and I'll tell you why God doesn't want you to bring people with you on levels, newer levels, or higher heights that He places you in. It's because those people aren't prepared. Ain't, ain't nothing worse than taking somebody with you who's not prepared for where you're headed. You're headed where you're headed because God has prepared you for that place. You, you took the training. You was obedient. You you stayed in alignment with God. But but ain't no worse thing that can happen is that you are connected to a lot of people who aren't in alignment with God, who ain't been through no training, who have not sacrificed, who have not been in the desert, but yet they still feel like they are entitled to your privilege. Lord, have mercy. Today I want to talk to you about starting over, and I want to talk to you about a guy by the name of David. He was the second king of Israel.
see some of us get this thing twisted and we believe that because we struggle with certain things that that God does not love us but but the Bible tells us that God that David with all of his struggles with all of his issues and isms and drama he was still considered by God to be a man after God's own heart can I just go ahead and let tell you right there know that's been feeling down about where you are in your walk that's been feeling some type of way about your relationship with God or because you've been struggling with things for a couple of years or even all your life God still loves you and still deems you someone that's after his own heart Amen. Amen. Satan wants you to believe that because you struggle that because you struggle you're not loved Satan wants you to believe because you're struggled uh, uh, that, that you're not kept Satan wants you to believe that because you struggle with things that God is disappointed in you. You understand? But I come to tell some of you in the building today, the struggle simply means, the fight simply means that you've not lost. The fight simply means, you understand what I'm saying to you? I would far rather, I would far rather be struggling. I would far rather, far rather be fighting uh, against what it is that's inside of me that is in opposition with the spirit of the Lord than just be taking it. You understand what I'm saying to you? Because when you stop struggling, it doesn't necessarily mean that you've overcome it. It just means that it's overcome you. So, 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 so don't get upset at the fact that you're still fighting some of the things that you've been fighting for years. I've been, I've been saved for 10 years. I still shouldn't be dealing with this. You're going to deal with some things until you get your glorious body. So, so, so stop crying about what you're fighting against and be glad that you're still in the fight. Amen? Yeah, you got to learn. How to bless God for still being in the fight. Psalm 51, we want to deal with, uh, we're going to deal with 10 verses, the first 10 verses, but in actuality, we're not we're going to read the 10 verses because I want you to catch the intensity of the prayer. This is a prayer by the King David. Uh, this is a prayer by King David, and, I, and the reason why we're going to read 10 verses of it, but we're only going to, we're only going to focus on real strongly one verse. The Bible says in the book of Psalm uh, 51 and 1 through 10, it says, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you, underscore this right here, and I want you to get physical Bibles. As we begin to come on, come back to church on Sunday, I want to see more physical Bibles. In other words, I want to see these type of Bibles more than reading devices. I, I, you understand what I'm saying to you? See, if you got this physical Bible, it's just a physical Bible. But if you got your phone, that's where you might, that's also where some of you might watch pornography. If you're, if you're reading the Bible on your phone, that's where, that's where some of you are sexting. If you're reading the Bible on your phone, you understand what I'm saying to you? That's where your Facebook page is, which is connected to a whole lot of profanity and demonic talk and conversation. You understand what I'm saying to you? So, 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 so God has been putting it on my heart. We, we need to separate. And I'm not saying that just because you got a phone that your Bible ain't relevant and it ain't powerful because the Word is more powerful than all of that. But what I'm saying is there's something about having the sacred scriptures in your hand turning the pages and learning and feeling the crispness of the pages, feeling the light that's in the scriptures, feeling the light that's in the Bible, you understand? And guess what? I can't get Facebook on this. I can't watch pornography on this. You understand what I'm saying to you? Everything about this book is true. 
and, and so and so and so uh, the, uh, God has been dealing with me that, that, that when we begin to use these devices, the, the word is sharing space with lies. The, 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 the word is sharing space with sin. Why? Because your device has other things on it. And how many of you know that you your life would be better if you didn't have your device? How many of you will be honest enough to admit if your device wasn't so smart, you'd be better off? Amen. Uh huh. Because that device will have you in some sin, won't it? That, that, that device to have you that device to have you distracted won't it how many times have you said you went to look up a scripture or the meaning of a scripture but hit Google and then because you've connected your likes and desires to the Google page and it knows all about you that all of a sudden you see a celebrity on there that you you're very fond of and before you can get the definition or get the meaning of the scripture you done read why Beyonce spent two million on a ring distraction can't get that out of a physical Bible, though. And I'm from the old school. Let me take it deeper. I'm from prison. When I, when I got saved, we didn't have computers in the jail. When, when I got saved, we didn't, I didn't even know. I was like the guy that came out of, uh, on I'm going to get you sucker. By the time that I got out of jail, it was like I had, I had fish in my high heel shoes. I, I, was, I, was my, I was so backdated that I didn't even know what a Google was. You understand what I'm saying to you? So how did you learn the word, Pastor Lyons? I studied the word, and then I prayed for revelation. We don't do that anymore because we have too many shortcuts. We have too many, we have too many people who are willing to give their opinion about the Bible. And some, that's why some of us don't understand the Bible. And some of us are straight up wrong when we teach the Bible because we're, we're teaching it from a man's standpoint, from what somebody else thought, rather than getting into the sacred scriptures and praying and fasting for revelation. It is the greatest, it is the greatest investment that you will ever make to fast and pray for the revelation and for revelation of God's scriptures. In fact, he says in Hebrews 11 and 6, he says, for without faith it is impossible to please him, but he who comes to God must believe that he is, comma, and he also must believe that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. So, 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 so what is he going to reward you with if you're diligently seeking him? Well, I don't want a car if I'm seeking him. I don't want a house if I'm seeking him. I don't want a boo or a bay if I'm seeking him. I want him. So what he rewards you with is more of him, more knowledge of him, more revelatory, more revelational knowledge of him. And when you get to the point in your life where you want to know more about God, where you want to be closer to God than you want to be closer than your husband or your wife, that you want to be closer than your kids, you understand what I'm saying to you, that you want God more than you want a crib, that you want God more than you want a booming bank account. When you get to that point, God says, I will reward you with what it is that you want. I will reward you with me. I will give you the desires of your heart and your desires should always be for a closer walk with thee it should always be amen lord have mercy verse number four says against you you only have i sinned and done this evil in your sight that you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin. My mother conceived me. Behold, you desire, you desire truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden parts you will make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me hear joy and gladness that the bones you have broken may rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquity. Create in me, this is the one I want you to turn it for, verse number 10. Create in me, excuse me, 
verse number 11 says, And do not cast me away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. May God have a blessing to the word and most of all, the doers of his word. Go back to verse number one. I preached it, I said, we're going to run down these verses rather quickly. Turn quickly get back to verse number 10. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies blot out my transgression. So the first thing I want you to understand uh, in starting over, not the first thing, but one of the major things that you're going to have to do uh, when starting over is you're going to have to ask for mercy. Notice that, that this, so I want you to understand this psalm, what's going on in, in, in this particular chapter. I don't know what's happening with the screens, but I need number one back up. Uh, I want you to understand what's going on with this particular uh, chapter. David is praying about a situation that went down with a female by the name of Bathsheba. He is, he is, he is, he is repenting because he has messed up. And I don't want to just, uh, just assume that you know the story, but what happened was the King David was sitting on the rooftop when he was supposed to be at war with his crew, and he was sitting on the rooftop, and he happened to see, he happened to see a woman who was beautiful to look upon. And her name was Bathsheba, and Bathsheba was bathing at the time on the roof. And, and so, so that you don't think that David was uh, peeping Tom or something to that nature, or he, you know, he knew something that she comes out at every hour, uh, every day of that hour to, to watch her bathe. And it was very, and, or, or that I don't want you to get a bad idea about Bathsheba either. She wasn't teasing, taunting, flaunting, any of that. Because of how the buildings were set up back in this time, you understand what I'm saying to you? It was common that the women would take their baths on their roof. And some rooftops were higher than others, and he's the king. So he's probably got the highest rooftop of all, and he's walking around, and then all of a sudden, he sees her bathing in all of her nakedness. And he's mesmerized, he's taken, and immediately he begins to lose control. And what we talked about last week, when if you're going to start over, you're gonna have to have control. You will never get to where you're supposed to be if you don't have any self-control. And what, what did we say? Discipline trains your self-control. With what? Instruction. And what is the instruction? The word of God. Amen. All of a sudden we're seeing a man of power, a man of valor, a man that is a great war hero, but he has a weakness. And at this very moment, that weakness is named is not Bathsheba, it's flesh. See, see, see we're quick to put it on other people, but the reality is uh, uh, Bathsheba was doing nothing wrong. David is the one that's weak and out of control. And so what David does is he calls for someone uh, that's connected to him, and he says, he says, uh, 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 I want you to go get her. I want you to go get her. You see her? I want you to go get her. And, 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 and his help says, listen, listen, you don't want her. She's married to Uriah the Hittite. He is, not only is he in your army, but he is one of your most faithful warriors. And her grandfather, her grandfather is connected to your team. He sits high in uh, uh, the military branch of your team. Her, her grandfather is connected. You don't, you don't, and David said, because watch this, lust is in, physical lust is in total control. David says, he doesn't even respond to anything that the man says. He said, you mean Uriah, Uriah? No, 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 none of that. He just says, I said, go get her. Go get her. Be careful of when you know that what you're thinking about doing or desiring to do is going to cause complications, has every potential to mess everything up, but it's still something on the inside of you that wants to do it anyway. 
that is a telltale sign that you need to get back to the altar. You need to get back into the presence of God. You need to get back in your word. You need to start fasting because I don't care how strong you are, there can come a time in your walk where all of a sudden you're not as strong as you thought you was. Some of you, some of you are holding on. Uh, 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 you think that you have graduated uh, past your mess. You think that you are bigger than what it was that you used to be going through, but the reality is you've just not had the opportunity. My spiritual father used to say, if you have desire, uh, but not the opportunity, you understand, you'll be okay. If you have the opportunity, but you don't have the desire, you will be okay. But if you ever, 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 ever get desire and opportunity, then Houston, you've got a problem. So, so, so some of you think that you are over your ism. Some of you think that you are over your issues, but the reality is you just haven't had a time to be with your issue. You haven't had time to be with your ism. Some, 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 some of you ain't got high in a while simply because people ain't been because you've had people around you. You ain't you really ain't you really ain't there yet. Some, some of you ain't took a drink uh, because uh, you know you can't shake your company. You understand? But if you ever got alone, if you ever got alone, you you have to know that you know that you know that you know you still see. See, I want you to understand integrity isn't uh, what you do. Integrity is what you do when ain't nobody else around. Are, are, are you saved? when you ain't in front of the pastor. The, 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 way, the way you amen and uh, uh, you know, give, give praise to the Lord, is that how you are on a continual basis or is that just how you are on Facebook and when you're around the other saints? You understand what I'm saying to you? So, 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 so the first thing that David says in this prayer of repentance is, have mercy on me. Many of us in this building today, we ought to just get into a place where we're just saying, have mercy on me. Uh, mercy simply, you know, we can get all theological and technical and deep, but I'm just going to tell you what I learned mercy was when I was in jail. Mercy simply means you don't get what you deserve. And, and so what David is saying is, Lord, don't give me what I deserve. I know, I know, I know that, that as a consequence of my foolishness, my weakness, my vulnerability, my sin, my lust, my lack of self-control, uh, a, a baby has died. My baby died. You understand what I'm saying to you? And as, 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 as a consequence of my sin, uh, some theologians say that at least 20,000 soldiers died on the battlefield just on the strength of a man who had no control over a woman that was beautiful to look upon. You understand what I'm saying to you? I understand that, that, that because of what he done, uh, it was said that because you have done this evil, the, 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 that violence will not leave your home. And so years later, months, years later, we find that David, the king, I'm talking about he's the king, and his own son is out to kill him. You understand what I'm saying to you? He is running from who he's made. Because of his issues and because he refuses to have control. Understand this. He refuses to have control. And so desperate times call for desperate measures. And so what, what David done was he, he told he had Uriah come home. He finds out that uh, Bathsheba is pregnant and he comes, he has Uriah come home and says, go lay with your wife. You've been working hard. You know, you've been down for me. I won't bless you. And what his plan is, if I can get you to go lay with your wife, then you can believe that's your baby and not mine. Because what David had done, even though he's the king, is punishable by death. Be careful when you're trying to hide your mess to the point where you don't care who you destroy in the process. How many of you have held some secrets that are so deep about yourself that if anybody else found out about them, it would ruin you? And so you don't mind who you have to ruin to make sure 
what could ruin you don't get out. So, 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 he finds out that he tries to get Uriah to go, and, but Uriah, he's a man of integrity. He says, no, I will not go and lay with my wife while my brothers are on the field. You should be king. See, let me tell you something. Anytime that you are in a place where you're not supposed to be and you're supposed to be somewhere else, you're usually going to find trouble when you're where you shouldn't be. You understand? If, had David been on the battlefield with the rest of his men as he was supposed to be, we'd never have this debacle. But because David is not where he's supposed to be, you've got to be careful to be where you are supposed to be so that you can be doing what you are supposed to be doing. Let me just put it like this. If put it like this. If you're not where you're supposed to be, then you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. And if you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing, that means that you are not operating in purpose. And if you're not operating in purpose, that means that you are just hanging around, wasting time. And let, don't ever get this thing twisted. Time is your greatest resource, not your money. You can make some more money, but you can't make more time. You understand what I'm saying to you? So anytime that you find yourself in a place of where you're not supposed to be, you are automatically in sin because not only are you where you're not supposed to be, but you're probably, if you're not where you're supposed to be, you're doing what you're not supposed to be doing. Whew. Well, I wasn't doing nothing but sitting over uh, watching TV with my girl, and we was just talking. But, 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 but you was talking when you were supposed to be in purpose where you were supposed to be. But, but we weren't doing nothing. It don't make no difference. You was where you wasn't supposed to be. I'm talking about uh, 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 if, if Miriam's got uh, something that she's supposed to be doing uh, to, to help children's church, but she's over Sonia's, and they, they just having coffee and watching Barney, uh, Barney fights, they're, they're, she, Miriam's wrong. You understand what I'm saying to you? Why? Because she's supposed to be at the church working on children's church because that's a part of her purpose. See, 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 don't, don't, don't minimize sin. Don't, don't get this thing twisted. If you're not doing what it is that you're supposed to be doing, then you're wrong. You understand what I'm saying to you? You, you, are, you are avoiding uh, and neglecting your responsibilities. You understand what I'm saying? So, so, so he says, the first thing he says is, don't give me what I deserve. I need your loving kindness. I need, I need what I've heard about. I need you to be the God of restoration. I need you to be the God of salvation. I need you to be the God of another chance. But please don't give me what I deserve. Is there anybody in the building today that just thanks God that you didn't get what you deserve? Verse number two. Verse number two. And verse number two says, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. David understands that uh, 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 his iniquity is heavy. And so, so he doesn't just say, wash me. He says, wash me thoroughly. Wash me to where ain't none left. Wash me to where there is no residue. Wash me to where you don't, I don't have to be washed for this again. And I need you not to just get rid of my sin, but cleanse me of the sin. Let me tell you something. Some of, some of you better start repenting because, and, and, and the reason why you're having hell in every area of your life is because just because you don't do it no more don't mean you're forgiven. You have to ask for forgiveness. You have to repent before you can be cleansed of your sin. In fact, the Bible says that if you confess your sin, that he is faithful and just to cleanse you of all unrighteousness. You see right now that David is confessing his sin so that he can be what? Cleansed from the sin. Verse number three. Give me verse number three. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sins always is always before me. Anybody feel that right there? He says, listen, I know that I've done wrong. 
I'm not trying to get out of it. That's, that's, that's part of the problem. That was, problem. that was a problem with King Saul. When, when he messed up, when he, when he didn't do and, and, and uh, go kill the king and, and everybody uh, 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 with the, um, I forget which ice it was, uh, but, but, but Malachi, who? The Am- Amalekites. Amalekites, yeah. And so when he didn't, when he didn't go and kill them and utterly destroy the king as well, when they, and he said, you know, well, we kept some of the choice goods so that we could sacrifice it for the Lord. Now you're lying because you just kept it because you wanted to please the people, and we didn't kill the king because you know we didn't. The people didn't really see fit to kill the king. You understand what I'm saying to you? So, so what, what, what Saul done when he was confronted with his mess up is he began to try to justify it. Stop justifying that you a mess and just say I'm a mess and I need to get better. I'm a mess. Can you help me out? I'm a mess. Can does anybody got a word for my mess. I'm a mess. Will you pray for me? I'm a mess. I'm a fast. I'm a mess because I'm a, you understand what I'm saying to you? And because I'm a mess, everything connected to me is messy. I don't understand why messy people don't understand why messes stay around them. You, you understand what I'm saying to you? So, 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 and we got to get to the point where we stop walking around with a bib through life. Because you, because you, because you make a mess every time you turn around. You, you got to you get to the point where you remove your spiritual bib. Amen. I, I, I remember, I remember when, when I got to the point in my life where the Bible says in Luke 17, 11, it says, and he came to himself. Anybody remember when you came to yourself and you said, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm tired of every time I turn around, I'm, I'm dealing with another mess that I caused. It ain't nobody else's fault but my own. It's time that I grow up and take off this bib. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Somebody know something about that? You, you, you ever done something that was so heinous that, that, that constantly and constantly, no matter what you've done, you couldn't shake what you've done? Oh, Lord. No, 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 matter, no matter how much fun you was having, you could see something and it remind you of the sin that you did. And you understand what I'm saying? And all of a sudden, you was just having a great time, but now you're in a funk. Your mind is all messed up. Now you're nasty. Now you got an attitude. Now you're ready to go home. Now you're discombobulated. Why? Because you remember what you... And, and I want you to understand something. When you are dealing with a sin that you have yet to repent for, to confess nor repent for, you will always have that sin before you. It will never let you rest. It will never let you go. That's why some of you in here right now are thinking about something that you done done. Something you, you, you didn't even hear the last six seconds that I said because you thought about that sin. Why? Because the Bible says, David says, my sin is always before me. When you're in front of your spouse but can't enjoy your spouse because of what you've done to your spouse, that means that your sin is always before you. When you're at your job and you're up for a promotion, find out that you're the one that's been stealing the trash bags, not only are you not going to get that promotion, but you're going to get fired. Your sin is always before you. You understand what I'm saying? You've got to get to the point to where see, 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 and here's, here's the hit, and I know and people are big on this. I heard, I don't know where I was at, uh, somebody said, because, you know, the Bible says, confess ye to one another, and then, you know, and I'll, let me tell you something about that. Me and the Lord had to talk about that. And I want to get, I want to hit you to something. Be careful about who you careful about who you confess to. And in fact, watch this, and, and, and you only need to confess to one. Other than the Lord, you, you understand what I'm saying? You need to have an accountability partner, and you, and, and you watch this, don't have nobody as an accountability partner that ain't got their stuff together, because they will take your business, and it will be all over the street. Or if you ever, 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 ever get into it with them, they will remind you of what you told them. Be careful about who you confess to. You understand what I'm saying to you? And, and I'm just going to be 100 with you. I ain't met nobody other than my wife that I can confess things.
you understand what I'm saying to you? Other than God. But but here's the real here's the, okay, I hear you, Holy Ghost. Here's what you need to understand. Stop not confessing to God because you're ashamed to confess it to God when God already knows you did it. Remember, He's everywhere, all the time. So why are you scared to tell God what He already knows? So so you might ask the question, well, if he already knows, why do I have to confess it? One, because he told you to, and two, because it's an act of faith. I'm going to tell you the most perfect entity to ever exist. I'm going to tell you about my mess up since I fell in love with you. And and I'm going to trust in your forgiveness. A lot of us don't want to talk to God because we're scared that he won't forgive us, but that is a lack of faith because God says that he will forgive you, and not only will he forgive you, he'll throw it in a sea of forgetfulness for it to never be remembered again. So when we don't confess our sins to God, a lot of it's not because we're being sneaky. A lot of it is because we're fearful that God won't keep his word. So now, now not only are you guilty of the sin of what you've done, now you're guilty of not having faith, guilty of not trusting the Lord's word. Verse number four. Against you, uh-oh, underscore this, and I want everybody to get a physical Bible. He keeps saying that. Why? Because I want to see you with a physical Bible. I got two more of them, $8 a piece in the, in the uh, cafe, New Living Translation. I want you to have a physical Bible. I want you to come to church with your Bible. I want you to underscore your Bible. I want you to get into this. Don't just show up and listen and then don't have nothing to help you when you get home. You need to have a Bible. You need to have some paper. You need to be taking notes. This is not an entertainment church. I want this to be an educational, empowering church. I want you to take notes so that these things can help you when you get home. If you was in church 24-7, it would be different. If the doors was open every day and you could sit in here, you might not need the notes. But because life is going to happen, you're going to need something to fall back on. You're going to need something to study before you go to sleep. You need a Bible and you need to take notes. Amen? Against you and you only. Have I sinned and done this evil thing in your sight that you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge? He says, listen, you're the only one that I've sinned against. So you're the only one I'm going to let judge me. Oh, boy. I ain't sinned against nobody but you. So can't nobody else judge me. You know what some of y'all's problems is? You allow too many people to judge you. First of all, what I've done ain't your business. If I didn't do it to you, it ain't your business. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? And so, and, so, and so when people hear about things that you've done, that does not give them a right to judge you because the reality is you're in sin because you're meddling. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 4 and 13, aspire to live a quiet life and mind your business. So it don't matter how juicy the gossip is, you are out of pocket when you begin to take place in the gossip. When you begin to, ooh, tell me some more, tell me some more. You are, you are as wrong as the one that they are gossiping about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, I know it's juicy, but it's going to get you burnt. Fire burnt. Against you. Notice the capitalization of the word you. In other words, that means against God. And you only, God only, have I sinned. Yeah, I know, I know. Uh, uh, are y'all a couple? Y'all a couple? Are y'all a couple? Huh? Are y'all a couple? Y'all ain't no couple? Okay. So, 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 forget this. You got, you got a woman? Y'all got a kid together? Okay. So y'all was a couple. So, 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 so let, me, let, me, let, me, let me find a couple, because I don't want to be like I'm matching. Amen. So, 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 Sonia and Benny, uh, uh, Benny does something involving Sonia. Uh, let me just, no, don't use Benny and Sonia. Let's just do it like this. So, so you get, you 
get cheated on. I've talked this before. So, so you get cheated on. And uh, now hold on, listen, listen, listen. This, see, this is going to bless you. Uh, so, so, so you're in a relationship and you get cheated on. And, and the first thing you say is, I can't believe you've done this to me. Now you're saved. Guess what? You're saved, but you're selfish. You're saved, but you're being carnal. Why? I can't believe you've done this to me. No, no. If you love that person like you claim you do, you can't believe that they've done this against God. And before you start talking about what all that happened to you, the first thing that you need to know, since you're supposed to love this person, is have you repented? Why? Because the person that you love, that even though they have wronged you, their soul is on the line. Oh, Lord, that's deep. See, don't amen when, you, when it's good for you, but then don't, don't amen. Just because you don't agree don't mean I'm not right. Amen? So, 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 so now all of a sudden you're being cheated on, but, but you done took it personal. And, 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 cause you know, y'all, and I get it. Don't, don't think that I'm saying that cheating is okay because, you know, no, no, it's not. But what I'm saying is I can't believe you did this to me. Stop being selfish. You're being carnal. You're being childish. You can't believe that they done it against God if you love them for real. And before you smack them, you need to ask them, have you repented yet? Because you could drop dead and go to hell on the strength of your adultery. But so I need to know that you have repented. Now, after they, they say, yes, I repented, then you can go upside their head. <laughs> I, I want to make sure you're saved before I kill you. you, you <laughs> I'm mad at you, but I don't want you to go to hell. And I'm going to kill you, so let's make sure you're going to be where you're supposed to be before I get you out of here. No, don't, don't kill them. Don't, don't. <laughs> oh, Lord, that's a lawsuit. Don't kill them. Pastor said kill them. Pastor, amen. So, so, so you understand what I'm saying to you? See, 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 it, 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 I love you. And, and watch this. You see how your faith got to be? You, you see how your faith, if, if your spouse cheats on you, that you give it to God instead of you handling it yourself? Do you understand the level of faith that you are operating in when that happens? So, so, so he's, and, and the reality is you really don't got no right. Why? Because he says against you and you alone. I sin against God. Now, I'm sorry. But I'm sorrier about my relationship with God right now. I'm sorry, but I'm sorrier about what this does to me down the road. I'm sorry, but don't ever get this thing twisted. I'm, I'm more sorry that I have disrespected God than I've just... See, and here's, here's why you want a godly mate. Because they understand that in disrespecting you means that they've disrespected God, and they don't ever want to disrespect... You understand what I'm saying to you? So, so, so watch this. I don't understand why so many people that come to church mess with people that don't. I don't understand why people who are trying to get close to God mess with people that ain't close to God and then get surprised when, the, when they do ungodly things towards them. Well, you're the one trying to reach God, not me. You, you see what I'm saying to you? See, some, some of you be running around here talking about, he, he just got a hold on me. No, he don't. You just thirsty. He, he just, it's just something about him. No, it's not. No, it's not. You, you, you just need it. You, you want somebody. You, you knew they was going to cheat on you when you met them. They had a reputation of cheating. What made you think you was going to be the one to change their ways? And they ain't got no God in their life. Ungodly people do ungodly things. So why are you surprised when they ungodly because it's you? Isn't that a special type of arrogance? I know you cheated on everybody all your life, but you got to me. And when you woo, woo, woo. special kind of arrogance. And it says that you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. He says, listen, even though I'm wrong and even though I'm asking mercy, whatever you decide to do is right. 
because whatever I decided to do, whatever's got me in this position, I was wrong. He says, I acknowledge my sins, I confess my sins, because, because, and, and, but, I'm, but I'm asking for mercy, but I'm hoping, but, but, but the reality is whatever you do is blameless, because I was wrong. Verse number five. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. Now, I've been dealing with this verse since I've been in ministry, because to me it seems like now David is trying to, you know, justify some things. Now, I did it because I was, you know, you know, Adam was in, you know, Adam messed it up for all of us. And so, you know, I, I was born, and the Lord, he said, behold means look. So, so, so he said, look. And behold means look with an exclamation mark. Look. I mean, I was brought forth in iniquity, you know, uh, and, and in sin, my mama can see, now you're throwing people under the bus. He says, I was brought forth in iniquity because we understand that, that, that when Adam sinned, uh, it, it messed it all up. And so, and so you know, and so we, we come forth. And he says, he says, this really ain't my fault. It ain't all my fault. I was brought forth in iniquity. So, so now you're getting to see some human in David. That, that though he's being real, he's also trying to be a little sneaky. Amen. That's, that's just what I think. I'm, you know, I'm my own theologian sometimes. So pray for me. Verse number six. Behold, there it is again. Look, you desire the truth in the inward parts. I'm telling you what I've done. And in the hidden parts, you will make me to know wisdom. So in the part that I'm trying to hide, you're going to let me know why I should. In the part that I'm not telling you, you're going to give me wisdom to be able to conquer evil. See, because it's what you don't talk about that you're most ashamed of. You understand what I'm saying to you? See, we could get to the, we could get to the, as we used to say back in the day, the nitty-gritty of it if you just be honest about all of it. But, but there's some parts that we get to us. You ever get to that one part of your testimony and go, hmm, we're going to leave that part out. But, 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 but he, says, he, says, he says, but you desire to give me wisdom in the parts that I don't want to talk about. And the parts that I'm, why? Because it's those parts that's deep down on the inside that I don't want to talk about in the hidden part. That, that's where the shame lies. That's where the stronghold is. That's where the guilt is. That's where, you know, I feel less about myself. But that's why I'm depressed. That's why, that's what all the hidden parts do to me. It, it, it messes me up. But you being so just, you being so awesome, you desire to give me knowledge for what it is. I can't tell you I'm ignorant to. I can't tell you that I'm ignorant to that. I can't tell you that I'm weak to that part because I'm too ashamed of it. But you being God is so perfect that you even give wisdom to the hidden parts. You give wisdom to the parts that I don't talk about. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be white as the snow. David understands that if you do grant me this mercy, if you do give me forgiveness, if you do, if you do let me make it past this, he understands that if anybody can do it, God can do it. And not only will he do it, he'll do it amazingly. He says, purge me, which means cleanse me. Purge me with hyssop. Hyssop was a plant. It was a mint. It was uh, ceremonially used to cleanse you uh, of certain things. You understand what I'm saying to you? So he says, listen, I need you to take this plant, and I need you, and it, you would sprinkle it. He says, I need you to cleanse me. I need, I need that hyssop in my life. I need you to cleanse me. He says, and when you do that, I'll be clean. See, God, see, see David understood this. He understood that even though, uh, uh, see, see it, it's what you don't understand sometimes. It's what we don't understand. David said, they, they might not forgive me, but, but you will. And, and watch this, and, 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 and I ain't tripping on what they're going through. I'm sorry, and, I, and I'm working to never do it again. I don't want to ever hurt you again, but the reality is you can't cleanse me. 
you can't help me. You understand what I'm saying to you? CT, and I use this analogy all the time, if you buy a Benz 550 and the Benz breaks down on you a month or two later or a year later, you don't take your Benz 550 to Paul Miller Ford. You take it back to Jamestown Motors, which is the Benz shop. Why? Because they specialize in the Benz. It amazes me how us as people, when we break down, we want to go to everybody but the one who made you, the one who specializes in you. This is why you can't let people mess with your car that don't specialize in your car because your car will be worse uh, when you drive it off than when it was that you drive, drove it in. This is why you can't go to people who don't specialize in you. You understand what I'm saying to you? You have to go to the people that specialize. You have to go to the one that specializes in you. You ever went to somebody for some help and left work? You, you, you ever went to somebody told them your truth and instead of them helping you get through your truth, help, instead of them building you up, instead of them encouraging you that things could get better, you left feeling like, feeling like you were more scolded, that you had been judged, that, that, that they was just disappointed in you, and you go, man, I shouldn't have even brought this over here to them. See, because it's only God that can cleanse you. And David, and David understood, he says that not only is it going to be a, a cleansing, but it's going to be a cleansing that's so good, it's going to be, I'm going to be whiter than snow. I'm going to be whiter than snow. There ain't too much, too much I can think of as whiter than snow. He says, he says, your cleansing is so powerful, your cleansing is so effective, your cleansing, your cleansing is so complete that it will cleanse me whiter than snow. And when you have been connected to filth, when you've been connected to perversion, when you've been connected to craziness, when you've been connected to madness, you should want a cleansing that's going to cleanse you whiter than snow. See, but some of you are okay when you get caught up in things for just people to be okay with you. You allow that to be your cleansing, and the problem with that is people can't cleanse you, so since they can't cleanse you, watch this, they just, they, they can wipe you, but they can't cleanse you. They can spray you, but they can't cleanse you. And so two months later, when you're back in the same mess that you was in two months ago, you're trying to figure out why. It's because you was never cleansed of your iniquity. You was never cleansed of your sin. They just wiped you. They just sprayed you. They just did something, watch this, to, to, to appease their flesh, not yours. And, and, and because you took forgiveness from them uh, to be better than forgiveness from God, Lord, have mercy, now you're doing what it is that they had to forgive you for again, and now they're upset all over again. And the problem was nobody went to God when the situation went down. Did that make sense in here? Are, 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 am, am, am I teaching you today? Are you getting something today? You see. Verse number, verse number eight. Make me hear joy and gladness that the bones that you have broken may rejoice. Man, let me tell you something. When you done messed up, you don't have joy or gladness until the Lord has forgiven you. Until you have taken that You have no reason to celebrate. You have to know that you know that you know that this thing has been worked out between you and the Lord. And, and until then, you can have no gladness. You don't, you don't hear gladness. You don't hear joy. You understand what I'm saying to you? All you hear is depression. All you hear is nervousness. All you hear is, is bitterness. All you hear is anger. All you hear is fear. You understand what I'm saying to you? But when you have righted your wrongs, when you have righted your wrongs in the eyes of the Lord, in other words, taking that thing to the Lord and God has forgiven you, then you can realize joy again. It's hard, it's hard to see joy in sin. You understand what I'm saying to you? Oh, can I say that again? It's hard to hear joy in sin because joy's not there. Sin is. Watch 
God says, and you can please your flesh and still not be happy. Ooh, Lord. So, so, so why would I please my flesh if, it's not, if, if all I'm going to do is be happy for that moment? I'm, 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 I'm going to be happy for that moment, but I'm going to be depressed and gloom and in gloom for the rest of my time. Why would you do that? It makes no sense. Verse number nine. Verse number nine. Hide your face from my sin. He says, look, look, I don't even want you to look at this. Now we, now we, we see when we're dealing with a David that's really ashamed of what he's done. You understand? To the point where he says, look, God, I, I love you so much, I don't even want you to see this. I don't even want you to think about that anymore. I don't, I, I just hide, don't even look at how I am. Just, I just need you to cleanse me. I blot out and say, and this is Blot out all of my iniquities. Just, just make them where they don't even exist no more. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to come into your presence with this, with this spirit of guilt, with this spirit of shame. And I just, I just want you to, I just want you to do away with what it is that I've done. See, the problem with David right there is the problem with us uh, that we have sometimes. We don't want to go through the consequence of what we've done. We just want God to just get rid of it. I said I ain't gonna never do it again. But just, isn't it, isn't it ironic, isn't it strange that you get real spiritually strong after you've had your sinful way? Now all of a sudden, I ain't going to do that no more. That's, that's, you know what, that's, that's it. You know, well, it's, it's, it's easy to say because the itch has been scratched. See, the itch has been scratched. It says the itch has been scratched. You're going to be all right until the itch itch again. And if you haven't handled your business in the Lord, then you're contemplating scratching that itch again sinfully. Now, the problem with uh, scratching that itch sinfully is because that means that you become a habitual sinner. It means, it, it means that it is a sin that you are constantly doing. You understand what I'm saying to you? And some of you in here are saying, listen, listen, I need, I need to know how to stop doing the things that I do. And just telling me stop isn't going to get it. But I will tell you this. If you get in the Word and you apply the Word, the Word promises to transform your thinking. And if the Word transforms your thinking, then that which you had no power of, now you have power over, and it no longer has power of you, and you can defeat. See, so the problem is some of you have be believed a lie that you can't stop being the way that you've been. But you have to understand that the Word doesn't just promise to teach you, it promises to transform you. It doesn't just promise to teach you. It doesn't just promise to tell you the right things or the, 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 the correct ways to go. It promises to transform you. It promises to shift your thinking. But you have to let this mind, let, 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 let. Somebody say let. You have to let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And when you let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, then the transformation can begin. And when the transformation begins, then you begin to have power over that which had once had power over you. You understand? So what are you telling me, Pastor? Some of you are going through the same hell, the same hell, the same hell, year in and year out, simply because you have a, you come to church, but you don't go to the Word, and you have not allowed the Word to transform you. You give up before the breakthrough. You break down before the breakthrough. You give up before going through. You understand what I'm saying to you? And, and, and let me tell you this. As long as you continuously give up and give up and give up and got to start again and start again and start again, every time that you have to start over, you take something from you. There's something that goes into your mindset that says you're not capable of being better. You're not capable of discipline. You're not capable of self-control. But you are, and you have to understand that you have to get in that word. And this is not a microwave moment that it's going to take some time. And that word is going to transform you. And when it transforms you, you shall come forth. That's pure gold. Stop wanting it to happen in a month. 
and stop being surprised when you begin to study for sure, study for real, when you begin to take things uh, of God seriously. Stop being surprised when hell comes your way. Hell's supposed to come your way. In fact, hell is an indication of you are where you are supposed to be. The problem is, before the word can get rooted deep down on the inside of you, uh, 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 hell runs you off. This is why you, get, you see people get saved one week and then you don't see them for six weeks. Because before they can get rooted in the word, before they can get started in their walk, the enemy runs them off. And he does it through things like, you take on a job that you shouldn't. You stop coming to church, you stop coming to Bible study, you stop, you are, let me tell you something, Sunday is not going to get it. Some of you have been in hell for 20 years plus, and you think a moment in the sanctuary is going to change your whole life. No, you're going to have to read the Bible at church. You're going to have to read the Bible at home. You're going to have to read the Bible on your break. You're going to have to read the Bible on your vacation. You're going to have to read the Bible in your free time. You understand what I'm saying to you? Because there, you, there is a transformation that needs to take place, and it won't take place until you're in the Word. Don't think you can be saved without the Word. Let me say it again. Do not believe that you can be saved. It does not matter. How do you know you love God? How do you know you're keeping his commandments if you don't read the word? Lord, have mercy. Verse number 10. Here's my jam. What time is it? Create in me a clean heart, O oh God, talked about this a little bit on the morning show. The morning show is on our page, on the Facebook page, uh, from 6 to 7 o'clock, Tuesday through Saturday. Y'all quit calling me on Mondays talking about where the morning show. I'm asleep at 6. <laughs> Y'all get the morning show from 6 to 7 because I work the third shift and I'm already up. Hey man, let me just go ahead and be honest with you about that. Now when we get back here, which will be soon, we'll be doing the morning show from 7 to 8, Monday through Friday. Okay? But for right now, the morning show is talked about this a little bit on the, the morning show. He, listen to what David said. This is powerful. He's talking to the greatest creator of all time. And he says, creating me a clean heart. I meant to write down the word, the definition for the word create. I can't remember what it was. But it says, creating me a clean heart. He doesn't say, notice, notice, notice. And, and then he says, It's a cutlass. Thank you, because me and DA have been talking about it. Thank you. It's a cutlass. Sometimes I'm just so happy when you're wrong. If I ever do it, if I, any husband here that, that, that's bold enough to say it, I just, I just like when they're wrong sometimes, because they, she thinks she knows everything. It's a cutlass. So listen, so we're going to restore this car, and, and if I can, I want a new motor. 
because I want to take the car places that a car that old, it might be dangerous to put it on the highway. So I could, I could get the motor rebuilt, or I could buy a used motor, but I want a motor that I know won't break down. You understand what I'm saying to you? David is in a place in his life where he says, you know what, I've thought about this. I need a new heart. I don't need the heart that I've been working with because that heart continues to get me in trouble. That heart keeps me repenting. That heart keeps me in some of the worst situations that I've ever been in in my life. I don't want you to cleanse this heart. I don't want you to rehaul this. I don't want you to overhaul this heart. I don't want you to rebuild this heart. I want a whole create in me. A I want you to create a heart and not just any heart because I heard that every heart is death is deceitfully wicked. It's deceitful above all things. And so I want a heart that's been created. Ain't nobody else had. Ain't nobody else seen it. It's new. And it doesn't have any of the residue that my old heart does. You understand what I'm saying to you? This heart won't break down on me and have me left on the side of the road. You see? This heart won't betray me. Why? Because this is a heart. God, I want you to create a heart. In fact, let this mind be in you. Heart, heart, heart translates to the word mind. Let this heart be in you, which was also, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. I want a heart. I want the heart of God, not the heart of me. I want the heart of God, not the heart of man. Because if I'm operating in the heart of God, I am operating correctly. I'm in alignment with God. Why? Because I have the heart of God. So he says, and renew a steadfast spirit in me. Give me the amplified version to verse number 10. I want to show you something. Um, David was really deep on this. It says, uh, verse number 10, amen. Create in me a clean heart, and, and oh God, he says, can you get that? Oh God. It's not a, oh God, it's, oh God, create in me a clean heart. He's, he's, he's broken. He's, he's, he's discombobulated. He's messed up. He can't believe that this is where he is. And sometimes, it, has your mess ever just got you to a place in life where you just said, oh God, create in me a new heart. Oh God, and renew a right, persevering and steadfast spirit within me. Now, now persevering, it, it, means, it means let it be able to stand all the hell that's going to come against it. Let it be able to stand all the temptation. Let it be able to persevere in righteousness when evil comes my way. Because I, David says, I have a heart problem. That's why I don't do, when you create that heart, create it a heart, create it to be a heart that can persevere all the temptation because you know what I go through, Lord. I don't need a regular heart. I don't, I don't need the 1995 heart. I need the 2999 heart because it can persevere because the way that my heart's set up, the way that my mind is set up, it is oftentimes easily deceived. Easily taken. Not just deceived, but taken. Do you understand what I'm saying? When somebody takes your mind and that you begin to operate to the beat of their drum simply because you don't have your own they tell you how to think. That's why you got to be, you know, uh, uh, I'm going to give y'all some straight game. Uh, uh, my father, my father used to be a pimp, and he says, he says, Stephen, one of the greatest things uh, that you had to, that I had to understand as being a pimp was, uh, it wasn't sex, it wasn't the physicality or the relationships that made you be able to control women. It was that you had their mind. Be, be real careful about these smooth talkers. Be, be real talk, be real careful about these deep dudes, these dudes that's deep, because they're, they're, they're deep is a part of their game. 
talking to me in a smooth talking with this mess that you can't get yourself out of. And by the time that you do, you are darn near destroyed in every area of your life, especially your mental capacity. And the problem with being destroyed in your mental capacity means that you have no control. You don't think straight. You think crazy. And you are all over the place. This is why when a woman has been in a, 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 a relationship with a man that was a wolf and she's clothing that was a pimp, that had pimp mentality, that had game playing mentality, she's all, you ever see a woman after she's been in a relationship where she's been mentally dull? She is a mess. It takes her months to get back. It takes her sometimes years to get back to her original thinking, to her thinking of logic. Why? Because he dominated her mind. He destroyed her mind. He corrupted her mind. He, you understand what I'm saying to you? And so, so you got to be careful of what you listen to and who you listen to and, and how long you let people keep your company and how long you give your attention to people because people understand this. Some people understand if I can control your mind, if I can get your mind, I can get you. If I can control your mind, I control you. I ain't necessarily caught up with your body. I want your mind because your mind is pain. Ooh. Your mind to do, your mind to have you doing whatever I want you to do. So, 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 so David says, listen, listen, and my mind is so corrupt. My mind is so messed up. My mind is, David said, my mind is so messed up. My heart is so messed up that I actually sent Uriah back with his own death letter. When Uriah was a good man and he wouldn't, he wouldn't do what I wanted him to do, I wrote a letter to the general of the army and told, and in the letter it said, we going, I want you to go to war put Uriah on the front line because David knew that if Uriah went on the front line in the midst of a war of that magnitude, he was probably going to be killed. My heart is so messed up that I wrote a letter because I slept with this man's wife, got her pregnant, he wouldn't sleep with her so I could fool him into taking care of my baby. I wrote a letter and said, put him on the front line and kill him then. That's a deceitful heart. That is, that is, a, that is, a, that is, a, that is a wicked, wicked heart. You understand what I'm saying to you? He says, he says so, so, so I need a heart that's not just new, but I need to be able to persevere against the temptation that's going to come my way. Against the temptation, because temptation don't come your way. And your heart's got to be strong enough to be able to hold it. We don't go out to that zone. Your heart's got to be strong enough to hold it. Give, 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 me, give me the next verse that I want in Joshua 17 and 9. This is pretty powerful right here. We're almost done. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Now, who's asking the question? The Lord. The Lord is asking the question. Let me tell you how we know that the Lord is asking the question. Look at verse number 10. I, the Lord. He answered it, right? Who can know the heart? And then the Lord says, I, the Lord, searches the heart. I test the mind even to give every man according to his ways according to the fruit of his doing. In other words, you could be doing something that looks like it's the right thing, uh, but you could be doing it for the wrong reason. And, and so you might trick the crowd, but you ain't tricking God. And God says, I'm going to deal with you on the strength of why you really do what you do, despite who you fooling. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. So, 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 oh, I know a few people in trouble now. So, 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 so. So he says, listen, I don't care how you got everybody else tricked. I don't care how, how you blessed everybody else. I don't care. It was kind of like when, 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 when the guys came to Jesus and said, Lord, Lord. And he said, he said, I don't know you. And he said, hey, hold up. We casted out demons in your name. We healed the sick in your name. We give sight to the blind in your name. We raised the dead in your name. He said, look, I don't know you. 
because you are a worker of iniquity. You didn't do it on the strength of me. You didn't do it to bring me glory. You did it to finance you. You did it to make you look better. You did it for your selfish gain. You did it for filthy lucre with the dirty money. You, I, so get away from me. Yeah, yeah, and you was able to do it because my name has got such power that I don't even have to be on the scene. But if you use my name, my name will make it happen. You understand what I'm saying to you? And though they were blessed, the ones that you did it for were blessed by me, you still going to hell because you did it for the wrong reason. Right, and I right. don't know you. Be sure, be sure, be sure that when your day comes that you don't have to ever hear, I don't know you. You much rather want to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been you've been faithful over the few things. Now I'm going to make you a ruler over many. But what you don't want to go through is to live this life the way that you, and all these years, and went on through all the hell that you went through just to hear, I don't know you. But I showed up at church every Sunday. I don't I don't know you. I was in Bible study, but I, I don't know you. I tied. I tied and gave my offering. I don't know you. I was on the choir. I was on the praise team. I had a title. I had a position in the church. I don't know you, you worker of iniquity. Depart from me. Why do you do what you do? God says, I search your heart. And watch this. And it's deceitful because I've been thinking that I've been doing what I do so that I can help some people. But the reality is I did what I did for people so that people would be my friend. I did what I did for some people so that when I needed something from them, I could remind them of what I'd done. I did it, for, I, but I didn't really do it because they, I didn't give them food because they was hungry. I gave them food because I knew that they might, I might need them one day. See, get away from me, you worker of iniquity. And you can believe, watch this, and this is what's so deep about the mind. This is what's so deep about the heart. You could be doing something and think that you're doing it for the right reasons and then figure out months later because you do something shifty or janky and understand that, oh, I didn't help them because I'm just a helpful person. I I didn't help them because I care about them. I didn't help, I, but I helped them because there was once I knew that I was going to, they had something that I needed. They had something that I wanted. So I, I helped them on the strength because I had an agenda. I had a plan down the long road. You understand what I'm saying to you? And he says, but I know why you did what you did. And that's why you ain't getting blessed for what you did. Because what you did wasn't for me. What you did wasn't for them. It was to get your own glory, not mine. Be careful why you're doing stuff. See, so, so sometimes that means you have to have honest conversations with yourself and say things like, you know what, I'm a user. And I use people because, you know, or you know what, I don't really like people, though I bless people. And, I, and the reason why I bless them is because I want attention. I, I, want, I, you know, I, I want everybody to say something good about me, so I, I try to help everybody. Be careful. You have to tell yourself the truth, because until you tell yourself the truth, you can't do nothing to get yourself better. God can't even get into the plan until you decide to tell the truth. That's why they say admitting is the first step. Admitting is the first step. How many of you, just be honest, tell the truth, how many of you find it hard to admit you're a mess to yourself? Well, that's why you're still messy. That's why it's still so much mess. And, and to be honest with you, most of you should have raised your hands. Far more than three to four people should have raised their hands. You see, you see how it is? You couldn't even admit it in the house of the Lord. <laughs> Pretty sure God's here, but you couldn't admit it in the house of the Lord. Amen. So, so, so he says, he says, I test the mind even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. In other words, why are the fruit of your doings is why are you doing this? What's the motive behind what you do? If, 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 if you got someone that you're trying to impress, so you give the man on the corner that's got a sign up that says, I'll work for food, or I'll work for money, 
you give him a dollar, you know, but any other day you splash, you fly past him, splash rain on it, splash mud puddles on him and all of that, but now because you're trying to impress somebody, now you give him a dollar. God says, you didn't give him the dollar because you wanted to, you give him the dollar because you're trying to impress them. And the thing is, they don't know it, but I do, because I test your heart. Go, go, go back to verse number nine real quick. We're going to, we're going to, yeah, yeah, I want to show you something. Verse nine real quick, please. Uh, the heart is deceitful above all things. This is why you sit, how many of you have sat back and done some things, and then when you got done with it, said, I can't believe I've done that. Well, the reason that you couldn't believe that you've done it was because your heart had told you that you would never be that type of a person. Your, your heart told you that you could be in that situation and be able to withstand sin. You ever went, oh, oh Lord, can I, talk, can I talk to my ladies for a minute? Can I just talk to the ladies for a minute? How, how many of you said, I'm just going to let him come over and ain't nothing going to happen? And you meant that with everything in you. I don't know why I'm playing uh, Trey songs. Uh, I don't know why I've dimmed the lights. Uh, uh, I don't know why uh, I had to change into something a little more revealing, uh, but ain't, gonna, ain't nothing happening. And in your mind, you really thought that, right? Even while you was getting the music together, you was getting a little, you know, how do you do? Get the incense, play the Febreze, all over the place, you know what I'm saying? You know, you, you're, you're, you're creating what the Bible calls an intoxicating presence. And, but but in, and in your mind, you saying, you saying, but we're going to stage this out. This ain't, this ain't going to, we not, this ain't going to, not, not tonight. It was, you know, we just go, we go, you know what I'm saying? And then it's morning, sunlight shines across your sleeping face. And here's the scary part is that you truly can't believe that you did it. Even though you set the whole stage for it. You can't, you, you, you thought you had a power, a willpower, that you had no reason, you, you ain't had no willpower, now all of a sudden you got some. Can I tell you what the real deal was? You don't get no pass because you, you can't believe that you did it. Why? Because he searches your heart. And he gives, and he, and he understands the fruit of your, the reason that you laid with him was because you wanted to. That's why you did it. You laid up with him because you wanted to. You got drunk that night because you wanted to. You got high that night you wanted to. Let's, let's, let's stop making these excuses of why we do what we do when the simple fact is, hey, if I know that, okay, I got a problem with, 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 with lust, it's been a minute since I've been physical with anybody, then why am I going to invite an attractive person? And let me tell you, you didn't let them come over your house because you thought they was ugly. You let them come over because you thought they was attractive. I'm talking to the men and women. And you know that you got a problem with, with holding your physical character intact? With it being glued to integrity, you, why you why you let them over? Cause you want something. You want something. You're after something. You understand what I'm saying to you? And so and so and so your mind has deceived because a lot of us are telling I really can't believe I did. Why can't you? Because your mind deceives you. It's deceitful. That's why you can't rely on your mind. You have to rely on your relationship. That's why you have to rely on the word. That's why the word has to transform you. See, because a transformed mind, when they call at 10.30 at night, why are you calling at 10.30 at night? You had the whole day to come see me. I got off at five, you could have chilled till seven. Why? Well, you because the preacher come out at night. You know, you know why? why? You, but you called me at 10.30. You called me at 10.30 at night. You got something on your mind other than just something that's wholesome. Now, let me go ahead and tell you this real quick and I'm gonna get off the subject. Uh, all my single people in here, stop running around here just dating. You saved, you date with intention. 
To date without intention means you're going to date in sin. We date with intention if you're, if you're single around here. Why? Because, because what's the intention? The intention is to get married. You understand what I'm saying? Quit, 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 quit being a commodity cow. Oh, a community cow. Quit, quit being, oh, write that down. Quit being a community cow. In other words, in other words, give the people the milk for free. Yeah, stop being a community cow. No, no, nobody's going to buy the cow with the milk for free. You understand what I'm saying, Tina? So, 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 so here's the reality. Here's the reality. And, 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 and you keep trying to figure out why it doesn't work out. And you keep trying to figure out why you're hurting. You keep trying to figure out why you're disgusted with yourself. It's because your mind has been deceiving you into things that you know you shouldn't be doing. So there's this verse that I wanted I wanted to give you. This is the last one. And so so if you're gonna have if you're gonna have if you're gonna have a successful start over, a successful relaunch of yourself, you're gonna have to have a new heart. You're gonna have to have God create you a new heart. Amen. Here's the last verse I wanna I wanna I wanna give you. Uh, give me that last verse, please. All right. Did I give you the last verse? I might not have wrote it down. I'm, okay, I didn't give you the last verse. Here's the last verse I want you to have. It is 1 John 3 and 10. And we were talking about this verse on the morning show, and it has not reached me. 1 John 3 and 10. Hey Amen. Look at her up with that physical Bible. Go ahead. Go strong. 1 John 3 and 10. Now, this is the New King James Version, and then we're going to go to the Amplified Version, okay? Uh, the New King James Version says, By this it is made clear who takes. Okay, this, you gave me the Amplified Version right here. So, so we'll skip the other version. We'll just do this Amplified. By this it is made clear. How, how did he know that? How did he know that that wasn't the regular version? Why did he know that that was the Amplified? Because I read the Bible. Study the Bible. I'm no different from you. I'm not smarter than you. Most of you in here are smarter than me. I'm not smarter than you. I, I just read the Bible. You too can do this. You understand? You too need to do this. Stop trusting me to the point that I won't tell you problem. You put too much trust in the person that stands before you when you need to be reading that book for yourself. I can be telling you anything. You understand? So the Bible says in the Amplified Version of 1 John 3 and 10, it says, by this it is made clear who take their nature from God and are his children and who take their nature from the devil and are his children. So there was a question asked uh, on the morning show, is everybody a child of God? And we've run right here and we've been saying for years, everybody's a child of God. God may have created everybody, but God ain't everybody ain't a child of God. God, God may have formed everyone, but he but everybody's not a child of God. And he says, and you know why? He says, and it makes it clear. The, the distinction is, is, is easy to see. He says, he says, because it's easy to see who takes their nature from God because they do godly things. But it's also easy to, to see who takes their nature from the devil because they do devilish things. And the ones that do things that are godly are children of God, and the ones that do things of the devil are children of the devil. So please understand me and understand me, please. If you are a child of God, stop sleeping with children of the devil. If you desire to be a child of God, then why are you sleeping with people that are children of the devil and you know that they are? How do I know that they are, Pastor? Because they're in sin. I was here right saying they got you in sin, but they don't have you in sin. Your heart has you in sin. Your flesh has you in sin. And so get this. Stop thinking that you're a child of God and maybe you get out with that devil so and maybe you, that, you and that devil, uh, that child of the devil gets along so well because you're a child of the devil too thinking that you are a child of God. Whew. 
maybe, maybe that's why that's why that's why you have a, such an affinity for demonic people because you're demonic yourself. There's a song uh, uh, by DMX uh, uh, and it says, "Why do good girls like bad guys? Because they really ain't good girls." Deep down on the inside, there's some there's some bad in them that connects to the bad. That's why the spirit connects to the spirit. You see what I'm saying? You see, that's why. It it it, it, it isn't that she that she you know we we make her just such a wholesome little girl. We just and she's just a, you know they show you on the movies a nice little girl. She was this that and the other and then all of a sudden but she met a bad boy and now all of a sudden now she no no she she was bad she was bad deep down on the inside. She had something that was connected with her her spirit to his spirit. So 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 he says look at he says and it's made clear by their nature. So quit acting like you don't know that they're not right. Let me go ahead and bless you today. If they smoke weed, they're not right. If they drink, they're not right. If, 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 if they sell dope, they're not right. If they put their hands on women, they're not right. If they put pistols on people, they're not right. You understand what I'm saying to you? If they, it, it don't matter that they're a felon, but if they got felony behavior still, they're not right. You understand what I'm saying to you? And, and, don't, and don't, well, my man just a misdemeanor. I'm straight. No, no. If you got misdemeanor behavior, they're not right. If, if, if you break the laws of our governing authorities, they're not right. You, you understand what I'm saying to you? So stop acting like you don't know who is a child of Satan and who is a child of God. And if you are dealing with, in cahoots with, down with the children of Satan, it's only because. And then, now you don't like hearing that. Ain't nobody gonna call me. You ain't gonna call me a child of Satan. I didn't, the Bible did. Because the Bible said, what does Christ have to do with Belial? What does the light have to do with the dark? In other words, what does a sinner have to do with a believer? Nothing. So why are you with him? What is it, my, my spiritual mother used to ask me, about your Holy Ghost that demons are comfortable around you? So he says this, he says, he says uh, 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 who take their nature from the devil and uh, are his children. No one who does not practice righteousness, who does not conform to God's will, in purpose, thought, and action is of God. If you do not, Lord, have mercy, wasn't that powerful? Anyone who does not, does not conform to or operate in righteousness, does not conform to God's will and purpose, in other words, what you do isn't for God, in thought, you think like God, and in action. You see what I'm saying to you? Your actions will show us who you with. For as a man thinketh, so is he. Your thoughts are going to show me who you are. Your purpose is either godly or it's ungodly. Oh, here's the, here's, the, here's the kick of it. Neither is anyone who does not love their brother, his fellow believer in Christ. He says, so if you if you got Christians that you know that you got a problem with, I, you know, you love God but you hate them, you don't love God. Because we're called to forgive. We're called to forgive. And you don't get to make the standard on how we forgive or why we forgive. We're just called to so, 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 it's not going to work that you love God, but you, you can't stand your neighbor three feet down. That ain't going to work. You can't say that you love your neighbor, but you, you love your brother in Christ, but you talk about your brother in Christ. You can't say that you love him. And since you don't love them, then you can't love God. If you're going to start over, if you're relaunching, the relaunching of you 